Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville show. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on a chilly Thursday afternoon in downtown Charlottesville. We're about a mile from the University of Virginia. We are half a block from the Charlottesville Police Department. We're a block away from Court Square, half a block from the downtown mall. Um, we enjoy being in the heartbeat of the city on Market Street in the Macklin Building. We see the mayor and supervisors and counselors and judges and the police chief, the fire chief. We see attorneys and bankers and hedge fund folks, nonprofit heads walking by that window every day. We stop, we say hi to them. We ask them what's going on and what we should talk about on the show. I had a conversation yesterday our oldest son had a, a holiday play that he was a part of. And he was a sheep for the holiday play with a lamb head headdress on, a white long sleeve shirt and khaki pants. And our son and his classmates got in front of the entire school and a boatload of parents and they put on a play for us. Um, our son had a speaking part. Each of the kids in his class had a speaking part. And it was just an incredibly heartwarming and, and, and special experience for my wife and I. I, as a father, was beaming with pride. And the older I get, the I highlighted this earlier in the week, the more I realize the true treasures and riches of life are the stories and the experiences and these heartwarming and heartfelt moments that we get to experience with family and the friends that we've chosen to welcome into our lives as family. We're sitting there, my wife's to my left, um, another friend and, and, and her family to my right, and we're watching our children um, put on a play and just such magical and special um, time of year, Christmas. Our son gets up for his speaking part. It's a couple of sentences, three sentences tops. He's wearing a lamb's head. He's supposed to be a sheep. And he delivers his free lines with confidence and with conviction. And I'm sitting there in the third row fighting back tears of pride and love and joy. And it's another moment that I experienced as a father and as a parent where our son brought us, brought me just the most authentic and genuine love. I mean, it's just, I can't characterize it any more than just authentic and genuine love. Um, it's was such a special moment for me. And I'm sitting there trying to be like this tough, hard guy and, you know, fight him back and, you know, try to keep my shoulders up and my chest out, but I was just melting in this foldable plastic chair in the third row with my wife next to me. I was melting, and I was so proud of not only our son, but all his classmates and the teachers that helped organize this holiday play. I think it just went off spectacularly well. And as the play was finishing, I was stopped um, by a handful of people who were fans and listened to the show. And the question came up often, or came up each time, 
How do you get the talking points for the program? How do you get the subject matter of the program? How do you find out what to cover from the show? And I explain to each of them, it's, it's challenging. I mean, some shows, the content comes to you, and it's just fan- easy to do, right? Other shows, we are fighting and scrapping on the phones and on the text chain and on the email chain and on the DM chain looking for content. If you watch show, a lot of folks listen on this form post-show, either working out, walking around the neighborhood, streaming at their house or in their office. I hear from the viewers and listeners the various ways they listen to the program. And you know that Judah and I, and I want to highlight Judah, I, he's become a, a critical component to the show. I value his opinion. I hope you do as much as I do. I think he's a fantastic yin to my yang, very complimentary personality to what I try to provide with the show. Um, we're not afraid to talk about difficult topics. And are we good with the stream, Judah? Everything's good? I think so. Okay. Take a look at that if you could, please. We're not afraid to talk about Which difficult one? topics. Just make sure it's not choppy. It's going well. Viewers and listeners, everything good with the stream? Let us know. As you know, we're not afraid to talk about difficult topics. And today's show is going to have some difficult topics in it. You know, there's an alleged sexual assault that happened at Charlottesville High School that was not reported to the proper authorities. The Charlottesville Police Department. We're going to talk about that on today's show. We're going to talk about, and you're watching the stream there, J-Dubs? Um, yep, loading the page. And looking at the live portion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Because uh, it looks frozen on my end. Hmm. We'll talk about, did Charlesville Public Schools do something wrong? They did an internal investigation without notifying the police, without notifying the Commonwealth's Attorney's Office. Did they do something wrong? We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about the story that's not so much a secret anymore, that's circulating around Burley Middle School. I've had a couple of dozen parents reach out to me about Burley Middle School and a fight that took place between students and a teacher. A teacher trying to defend himself and in the process of defending himself allegedly hurt one of the students. A fight, a melee that was filmed and recorded and posted on social media at Burley Middle. We'll talk about what's going on with the school system. Is the superintendent of Charlottesville Public Schools, Dr. Gurley, is, is, is he on a hot seat right now? I mean, is he in a little bit of um, job security limbo? I want to have that conversation today. I want to talk about Christmas. I mean, good night. With heavy topics like that, I'd like to weave in some positivity. We have suggestions for you for Christmas lights, for photos with Santa. We have suggestions for you for um, cutting down your Christmas tree as we try to throw some human interest into the mix. 
I got a real estate story I want to relay to you. The hardware store on the downtown mall is for sale. The hardware store is the building where Silverchair used to call its headquarters. The hardware store at one time was a restaurant and gift and retail shop. This particular building is, is for sale, and it's been for sale for some time right now. The asking price is $6,500,000. Yet another property on the downtown mall that's for sale that is staying sticky. You talk about before COVID, these properties wouldn't even have been listed. They would have traded off market. Stacey Baker Patty says there's a lot of glitching, video and audio, Facebook and Twitter, and reaching out to you specifically about that, Judah. <clears throat> All right. Multiple folks are saying that. If we can optimize that stream, please, sir. I'll see what I can do. I mean, that's why I, that's what I was asking you about. I know. I don't think there's anything I can do about it. Christelle says it's choppy. I, I would suggest um, closing some of those browser tabs here so you can optimize terminal performance, please. I've got five um, tabs. Folks are asking for the, uh, the show here. So... We're going to look at this from almost as if it was the setup of a newspaper where there's the front page stories, the sports section, the real estate section, the business section, the school section, the, po- the politics section. Um, I want to start with schools. This would be above the fold on A1. There's an alleged sexual assault that took place at Charlottesville High School that has gone unreported. Courtney Stewart of WINA has done a good job of investigating this story. In fact, Courtney Stewart, who hosts a talk show on WINA, had a guest on her show, former coordinator of safety and security, um, Regine Wright. And this former Charlottesville Public School employee went on Courtney's talk show, and she highlighted that there was an alleged sexual assault that was not reported. Spencer says we're frozen and choppy on his end, Judah. All right. So we got to do what we can here on your side to get this up to speed, please. Thank you very much. Um, Here's the problem. Charlottesville High School did an investigation internally. The Charlottesville public school system did an investigation internally, and it was an investigation and an alleged incident that was not reported to the proper authorities. And after Courtney had this former employee from Charlottesville Public Schools on her talk show, the employee resigned from her position because of this alleged incident. After this investigation was handled internally, the proper authorities, the police and the Commonwealth Attorney's Office were not notified. And Courtney, who's a fantastic reporter, dug deeper into this story, and she found, through a FOIA request, a copy of a letter. And the letter was signed and submitted by the police chief, Cotchis, and the Commonwealth's attorney, Joe Plantania. It's a two-paragraph letter, and it's addressed to Superintendent Dr. Royal Gurley, Jr., And the letter, and I'll paraphrase, paraphrase, basically says, we heard through Courtney's show that there was an alleged um, sexual assault or incident that took place. And under Virginia code, you have to notify the proper authorities immediately 
about this alleged sexual assault that took place on school property around April of this year. And the letter says, as of November 27th, the police department has had no indication of what happened. So you got a school system that is continuing to be in a spotlight of concern, a school system that continues to be in a position of vulnerability. And it's not just Charlottesville Public Schools. We'll talk Burley Middle. An email was sent to parents and staff at Burley Middle School within the week about a fight that took place with students, a group of students, and a teacher. I've, send, I've seen the email. I'm in the process of getting the video of the recorded fight that's been posted on social media by students. I'm hearing from multiple people that the teacher tried to defend himself, and in the process of defending himself, he hurt one of the students. I'm hearing from multiple people that neither the teacher nor the student uh, were in school as of yesterday. And now a couple of dozen parents have reached out to me and said, hey, you need to highlight this. We're asking the school system for information on what's going on, and it's falling on deaf ears. When you take parents and you don't communicate with them when it pertains to their children, that's going to yield concern, that's going to yield anger, and that's going to get parents chopping at the bit at greater vigor to figure out what's happening. So here you got two different incidences at two different school systems. One that took place allegedly in April of this year, a sexual assault. I mean, right there with the worst kind of incident possible when it comes to your kid. An incident that was investigated internally by the school system and the investigation or the notification never involved the local police and local authorities. That was this year, Charlottesville Public Schools. Within the last week, in Albemarle County Public Schools, at Burley Middle, you had a student or a group of students jump a teacher. And the teacher tried to defend himself. And in the process of defending himself, he injured a student seriously. And that investigation is happening internally within Albemarle County Public Schools. And the information is not being released to the parents. It's being kept on the QT, the hush-hush, the DL. And I'm going to tell you, as a parent of two myself, and I never speak for my wife, but I know my wife very well, if this happened anywhere around her kid or our kids or the school that our kids go to, she would be chomping at the bit to know what happened. Keeping things on the hush-hush is what's going to get people really angry. And I'm having parents by the dozens reach out to me saying, Jerry, you got to talk about this and put some pressure on these folks because it's not right. So I'm going to ask them some very difficult questions today. Thank you. Spencer said he left the page and he came back and things are working better now. Thank you, Spencer Pushard. We appreciate you. I'm going to ask some very difficult questions today. 
Is Superintendent Gurley's job in jeopardy? Here's another difficult question. Charlottesville High School has been in the spotlight for fights and security breaches and roaming students, bands of roaming students to the clip of 30 to 50 running the hallways and, 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 and acting uh, and, and, and um, loitering and, and, and nefarious and, and, and aggressive and concerning in outbursting fashion. With Charlottesville so much in the spotlight, it's put Almaro County Public Schools on the back burner. But here you got Burley front and center. Should we position ACPS back on the front burner and ask about the school board and superintendent um, Matthew Haas? I want Judah's perspective on all this. I want to talk about communication and transparency and what is right. I want to talk about the role of school leadership and how it communicates with local police departments. I want to talk about the role of social media and videos posted of fights on social media and, and how they should be utilized in an internal investigations. The stuff that goes on Snapchat and TikTok, people think, students think it disappears, but people are saving them to their camera rolls and then sending the actual files to parents. It's never a secret. It never disappears. Such is the nature of the internet. These topics I want to talk about, and I'm going to counterbalance the, the significance and the gravity and the heavy nature of these topics with some human interest content around Christmas lights and photos with Santa and places to cut a tree down. I want to introduce a new segment to the show where we're going to start hosting uh, or compiling a ranking of some of the best viewers and listeners and the significance of the comments they offer to the show. And, and based on that ranking system, we're going to invite some of those viewers and listeners to come on the show like we did with Ginny Thompson yesterday. I thought Ginny did a fantastic job on the program. I also want to highlight on the show another building that's for sale, the hardware store building on the downtown mall, the former headquarters of Silver Chair. Let's weave Judah Wickhauer in on the mix on a two-shot. It looks like the stream is now not choppy and smooth again. I thank you for the viewers and listeners for offering your feedback on the, uh, on the uh, feed. Judah, the sexual assault at Charlottesville High School storyline is a is a damning one. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot worse you can you can mess up, um, but sexual assault when uh, I mean that's right that's a, a smidge below a, a smidge below murder. I mean, yeah. If you want to put it, if you want to put it in levels, um, either way. Um, it's not the kind of thing that you want to, it's not the kind of thing you want to hear about happening at a school. And worse, you don't want to find out that the school is doing their own independent investigation and, uh, and not involving the, uh, the professionals. I mean, let's set the stage here. April of this year, an alleged sexual assault happened. Leadership in the school system learned of this assault. They hosted their own internal investigation. 
They did not report it to the authorities. The reason we know it has not been reported to the authorities is because Courtney Stewart of Charlottesville right now, she's a fantastic investigative journalist, did a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act requests, found a letter sent by the Commonwealth's attorney Joe Plantani and police chief Michael Cotches to Superintendent Gurley as of November 27th. So we're talking April's the fourth month of the year. November's the 11th month of the year. Roughly seven months later, the police were not notified of this alleged sexual assault. Yeah. And I'm sure we all know from watching enough TV that the longer a case goes uh, without uh, investigation, the harder it is to Cold? figure out the truth of. Yeah. And I'm sure that this is something that clearly we want the truth to come out about. Whether it's whether it's to uh, uh, whether it's to clear the name of of anyone who uh, who was innocent, or whether it was to uh, um, you know find guilt where where there was guilt, I think uh, it's best to involve the the professionals. Superintendent and let, Gurley, and let them decide. Superintendent Gurley said on the record that a Title IX officer had conducted a thorough investigation of the allegation, and this Title IX officer concluded it was not sexual assault. The former coordinator of safety and security, Regine Wright, she alleged to Courtney Stewart that school leadership had not reported the assault. This is one of the reasons she resign from her position. She has a background of policing. I mean, this is a hot mess. These are the questions I have. Is Gurley, the superintendent, on the hot seat? A follow-up question I have, what role did the school board play in this? A follow-up question to that, did the school board offer guidance in any capacity? If so, what is their liability Was the school board kept in the dark? Was this strictly decision and conversation had between Superintendent Gurley and maybe the attorney for the school board or the school system? Who else was involved in this email chain, this chain of communication? So for those wondering, uh, a Title IX officer... Um, in coordination with Civil Rights Compliance Coordinator, the Title IX slash Sex Equity Officer is responsible for monitoring and implementing the district's compliance with state and federal laws prohibiting sex discrimination, including Title IX and Chapters 28A. So um, I, I hope that, uh, you know, if, if this officer found, found nothing wrong, that's that's wonderful. The Title IX officer, not the police officer. Right. But I, I think it still stands to reason that this should be brought to the, uh, the police, um, Plantania as well, their attention, so that, uh, so that everything is cleared above board. On the up and up. Yeah. And this comes, this news from the only high school in the city of Charlottesville comes in the wake or in the shadows of a melee in Burley Middle, in Almaro County Middle School, where I've had two dozen parents reach out to us about this. 
students, what we're hearing, pinned a teacher, male, and got aggressive with the teacher, physically contacting the teacher, and the teacher self-defended, and in the process of self-defense, injured fairly seriously one of the students. Email correspondence from Burley went out to the parents that said this will be an investigation we handle internally, and very little will be released, if any at all. And now the folks at Burley reaching out to me by the dozens saying, what the heck is going on? The common denominator with both is... Is the fact that they want to keep things quiet and do internal investigations. And parents deserve information. And, I, you know, I think we, we may get a little too... Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, we may get a little too um, used to having information at our fingertips. And sometimes it's better to let things work through the system before, before jumping the gun. But at the same time, uh, there are, when there are rumors spreading, when there are videos... On social media. Ending up on social media, I think parents definitely deserve at least a heads up so that they're not hearing stuff from their kid's friend's friend or worse, seeing something on social media that, uh, you know, you would think this is not the kind of thing that should be happening at the school, much less getting filmed and tossed up on Check the DM I sent you. Viewers and listeners, what are your thoughts here? I appreciate you reaching out. I got multiple folks send, indicating they're going to send us the video of what happened at Burley. I mean, you had a, a, a Charlottesville election with four school board members run unopposed without competition. For the school board. It's, it's about darn time that we start valuing the importance of the school board with some making a legitimate argument. You're looking at some of the localities, some of our local government's most important positions. Folks, not only Almaro, it's a $260 million school budget. You're talking about children, our children. Deep Throat's got this comment. Deep Throat, as far as I'm concerned, and we'll start issuing rankings of the viewers and listeners, top 10, top 15, top 20, top 25. My top 10 looks like right now, and this is something we put together before the show, Deep Throat number one, John Blair number two, Carly Wagner in the three slot, Ginny Thompson in the four slot, James Watson in the five slot, Vanessa Parko in the six slot, Kevin Higgins in the seventh slot, Kelly Jackson eight, Carol Thorpe nine, Albert Graves ten, Kevin Yancey eleven, Georgia Gilmer twelve. We'll start showing graphics on screen of a top ten, a top fifteen, and a top twenty-five. We'll invite viewers and listeners who shape the show and offer perspective in the comment section 
onto the program, perhaps on Wednesdays in the middle of the week, to talk about the week that was and offer their thoughts. Because I think you, the viewer and listener, have valuable perspective that this community needs to hear. And Judah and I want to share this platform. I got a very straightforward question for you. This is from Deep Throat. Before I get to this question for you, Judah. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, the, you're the guy that's like the metronome. The metronome. Why, why do we like a metronome? Because uh, you're never worried that it's going to be off. It's uh, consistent. Yeah. It's the same thing every time. Not too high, not too low. Not particularly, you know. Careful. <laughs> Not particularly zestful, but not particularly, what's the, ass, the, the opposite of zestful? Uh, somnolent. You're a perfect complement to what I am with this show. Perfect complement. I'm going to ask you this question. The metronome of the show. Dr. Gurley, the superintendent, is he in hot water right now? And before you give that answer, if you want to put that lower third on screen, I'll go to the top-ranked viewer and listener right now, Deep Throat. He says, I do not buy the school-to-prison pipeline argument, which you guys talked about on the show yesterday. He says, calling the police on an offending student in Charlottesville is something you should do. Do you really think let them go Joe Plantania would put any of them in jail? This is deep throat talking. But at least Charlottesville Public Schools will take the kids out of the situation and teachers won't be expected to subdue kids committing assault without backup. Deep throat says, I sure hope they don't punish that burly teacher. If a kid attacks a teacher, I hope the teacher is encouraged to make sure that kid leaves in an ambulance. I won't take it that far. I appreciate Deep Throat's comments. I'll say this. That may not have been my first thought either, but I think it was pretty close. If a teacher is attacked by a kid or a group of students, and that's the talk at Burley right now, and I'm going to get the video. I'm not going to air it. But just like I saw the video of the assault in the locker room with the JV football team, and just like we've talked about other topics on the show where in real time they took some time to develop. But if I'm going to say something on this program, it's based on something that I've seen or read or I know for fact. I'm going to get that video. If a teacher is assaulted or pushed or hit or there's any kind of physicality with a student and a teacher, that teacher should defend themselves. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not saying there's level of defense, self-defense, but protecting themselves and ensuring they do not get hurt or put in harm's way should be priority number one. And if students are attacking or hitting or punching or slapping teacher, that teacher needs to do something to keep that from happening and to stop it immediately. And if the collateral damage of that is one of the students gets injured, 
We need to protect the you know we need, we need we need to protect the students and the teachers. But if uh, if a student is attacking a teacher, yeah, I think uh, the onus falls on the school to uh, to protect that teacher. Viewers and listeners, are you okay with that comment? If you disagree with this, you put it in the feed. We'll relay it live on air. If you have a problem with it, let us know. If a teacher's getting attacked. Come on. Colleen Wise, um, the suggestion was made, Colleen Wise Owens, the suggestion was made by one of the other viewers and listeners to close the page you're on and then come back on, and then your page will not be choppy or frozen. Lisa Custolo. Lisa Custolo's name needs to get in the ranking. All right, I'm going to put Lisa Custolo in the top 20. Lisa Costello on Cherry Avenue is a frequent contributor of the show. Lisa, you're getting in the ranking right now. I'm going to put you in the uh, top 20, Lisa Costello, literally as we speak. You're checking in at slot 20 for key viewers and listeners, the Queen of Cherry Avenue. She says this. What is the policy of Charlottesville Public Schools of notifying law enforcement if, when violence occurs at on schools? What does policy state? Obviously, the public school admin have been chasing law enforcement away from schools, except when they are desperate in crisis. Interestingly, I now know more about this through the letter that came up in the FOIA request. I'm going to read this verbatim. This is a letter signed by Chief Conscious and... Commonwealth Attorney Joseph Plantania addressed to Superintendent Royal Gurley Jr., Dr. Royal Gurley Jr., dated November 27th, 2023. We're talking something that is, Judah, less than two weeks old. Mm. We're talking something that is 10 days old, this letter. Dr. Gurley, it was recently brought to our attention that a local media outlet has raised questions concerning the... uh, applicability of Virginia Code 22.1-2793-1 as it relates to conduct at Charlottesville City Schools. Our reading of that Virginia Code section requires a principal to immediately report to the local law enforcement agency any incident, emphasis added with incident, described in sections A3-A7. Paragraph D requires the principal or their designee to also notify the superintendent of the school division of any such incidents and sets forth potential sanctions for noncompliance. Our reading of the Virginia Code 22.1-2793-1 does not permit any non-law enforcement agency or entity to conduct their own independent investigation or inquiry. If a specified incident is alleged to have occurred, the law requires an immediate report to the Charlottesville Police Department. Of specific concern is the allegation that a student was sexually assaulted on school property on or around April of 2023. To this date, the Charlottesville Police Department has not received any formal notification about this alleged incident pursuant to 22 dot one dash two seven nine three colon one should you have any information regarding an allegation of sexual assault that occurred on school property please immediately report this to major daniel Meehan, and here's his email address 
If your understanding of the law differs or if counsel for the school board has provided contrary guidance, we would be happy to meet at your earliest convenience to discuss the matter. We both thank you for your service to the community. They're basically saying you have no right to keep this internal through an investigation. You need to report it to us immediately. And that was a very nice way of saying it. And they referenced Virginia Code. This was a very nice way of saying, you better tell us what happened right now. Per my last email. Would you not agree with that? Definitely, yeah. It uh, It was written to convey the fact that... Urgency. This is not something that we want to have to write to you about again in the future. I, is it a fair question? I asked you this, gave you a moment to think about it. The metronome of the talk show, Judah Wickhauer. Maybe that's under the lower third for your name there. <laughs> you came up at the play yesterday. We like the jack-of-all-trades guy. Literally, that's what I heard. Maybe it's the metronome of the talk show. Is Dr. Gurley's job in jeopardy? Is that a fair question, and is it in jeopardy? I don't know if it's a fair question. I don't know if it's in jeopardy, but I do know that uh, between the uh, the expose on um, on the the substitute teacher's feelings on the job that he's doing and uh, and not trusting him, um, combined with this with this letter. Um, I would say that he's definitely in the spotlight, and I think uh, what I think the, the the most disturbing thing to me is that we continually see an awful lot of arrogance in the um, in the school hierarchy from um, from school board members to superintendents. I think we see a a willful disregard for for parents' um, parents' rights, parents' desire to know what's going on in their in their kids' lives and in the school where their kids are going to spend a lot of time, a lot of their lives, um, and just a kind of we know better attitude that uh, that really doesn't come across very well when you uh, when it's directed at you. Well said. You know who knows more, who has the best say or knows knows more about their kids than anyone? Hopefully the parents. Their parents. And every circumstance is different. And I'm not to say, I'm not going to get behind this microphone and speak in front of a boatload of people and say that every parents, all sets of parents are created equal. They're not. They're rotten apples in every barrel. We all know that. But if you assess most apple barrels, most of the parents in those apple barrels are ones that care about their kids and would do anything for their children. And to marginalize and commoditize and to say egotistically or arrogantly, as Judah highlighted, that we don't need to communicate with you or be transparent with you about what's happening in these classrooms or these hallways or these gymnasiums or these cafeterias or these entranceways or these secondary entrances... And we're not going to tell you what's going on with fights and brouhaha's and melees or curriculum Mm -hmm. or what we're teaching them, sexuality-wise, history-wise. That's bogus. 
And until all of us start gaining the confidence and the conviction and the willingness or the chutzpah or the fearlessness to stand up and say enough already, these are our children, what we say goes, this will continue. And the clandestine nature of communication when it comes to this middle school fight with the teacher and kids or when it comes to a sexual assault at the local high school or when it comes to secondary entrances being breached or when it comes to a small group of people, and I'm talking about the school board saying we don't need school resource officers in Charlottesville City Schools, when folks like that make decisions for the hundreds, if not the thousands, probably 10,000, well, that's bogus. I think it highlights the fact that while we may not vote for the policies, we do vote for the policy makers. And sadly, this is what we have now. Janice Boyce Trevilian, I'm going to get to your comment. The top 20 is quickly being filled out. Viewers and listeners, top 20. This is as of December 7th, 2023. I got Deep Throat in the number one slot. I got John Blair in the two slot. Carly Wagner, three. Ginny Thompson, four. James Watson, five. Vanessa Parkhill, six. Kevin Higgins, seven. Kelly Jackson, eight. Carol Thorpe, nine. Albert Graves, ten. Kevin Yancey, 11. Georgia Gilmer, 12. Sarah Hill Buchensky, you're 13. <coughs> Top 13 viewer and listener, Sarah Hill Buchensky. I got Janice Boyce Trevilian at 17, Spencer Pushart at 18, Philip Dow at 19, Lisa Cusolo at 20. Let's go to SHB. Sarah Hill Buchensky, a top 15 commenter, has got this. Self-defense is always okay. If students are assaulting teachers at school, imagine the overall environment. Sounds like no one is safe at school. School boards and superintendents need to take immediate action that involves consequences and accountability for students and support for teachers to enforce the rules. Damn straight. No doubt. Philip Dow, it comes to this for me. Charlottesville Public Schools needs to be investigated and audited. Heads need to roll. Christelle. How do I say your last name, Christelle? You're, you're, you're a key member of this family. Christelle Coper. She's won some stickers from us. Her perspective valued on the show. Things like this happen, gentlemen, when SROs are removed from the school. The teachers need to be able to defend themselves or have the support there at the schools. Logan Wells Claylo, welcome to the broadcast. Janice Boyce Trevilian, she says this if students are involved in the sexual assault allegation, I wonder why parents did not report it to the authorities themselves. Questions where the authorities are not been contacted leads you to ask the follow up question did the investigation happen from the school without even notifying the parents? I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that the parents weren't notified, but if they don't contact the police and the Commonwealth's attorney about an alleged sexual assault on school grounds, a fair follow-up question is, were the parents even contacted? Or were they, and this is just conjecture, were they, <clears throat> were they pressured by the, by the school or by the... Uh, Great question. The to not say anything. Yeah. Leave this to us. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Don't worry. There's another follow-up from the metronome. That might be your new nickname. Everyone needs a metronome in their life. You're mine. Metronome's a compliment. You know what to expect every single damn day. Were they pressured not to say anything? 
And is that even worse? I would argue that is worse, although, again, it is... Worse than not telling them? Oh, worse than not telling them? What were you going to say worse than? Uh... It's, yeah, I don't know that it's worse than not telling them, but uh, I just meant worse than uh, than being above board about the whole thing. Um, again, we don't know all the details of what happened, so um, we are hoping that the school and the school board and the superintendent have a little more respect for parents than to... Uh, patronize and and shove around uh, and we would hope that someday soon there will be some more transparency <laughs> Lisa Costello are we not beyond trying to fix these schools are we not at a place of questioning why parents still send their children there with their eyes wide open I respect that comment, but I mean, we had Ginny Thompson on the program yesterday, and she was amazing. She homeschools her three kids. Mm-hmm. We've had folks on the program that have got their kids in private school, folks on the program that have their, watching the program that have their kids in private school or homeschooling them. Not everyone, trying to be empathetic and sympathetic and open-minded to yeah. every circumstance. Not every family unit has the luxury of homeschooling or private school. And not every parent has the bandwidth to track down every last nugget of information about what's going on at the school. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you out there know how reticent kids can be to uh, fully share. Dude, listen to this. Our kindergartner, who's not even six years old, gets picked up at 2.40 p.m. by my better half, his baby brother's in the car seat next to him. Mm-hmm. And at 2.40 p.m., a five-year-old gets in the car after a long day and really doesn't want to say anything for like half an hour to 40 minutes. And also has a, a vastly different perspective on what's going on in the school than what the, the parent might like to know about. 100%. James Watson watching the program. James Watson is ranked number five in the I Love Seville show family. One of the top viewers and listeners in this family, James Watson. I'm treading lightly here as I have a lot of respect for civil servants working in our community. I'm friends with many, but it seems as if the WINA article never came out. We never have an idea about the unreported incident. 100%, James. That's the big problem. That is a huge problem. Bingo, Mr. Watson. Yeah, 100%. If, if somebody hadn't, you know... Who knows how Courtney Stewart uh, originally got wind of... Through the... the, the Courtney is excellent at her job. Mm-hmm. She interviewed former coordinator of safety and security, Regine Wright, on her talk show. And Regine Wright, this podcast is out there. Kelly Jackson, you put this on my radar. You shared this with me in a DM. This podcast... She highlighted on the show why the former coordinator of safety and security resigned. Hmm. And the former safety and security highlighted that she resigned because of how this was handled. Wow. 
in part because of how this was handled with an internal investigation and not the transparency of the proper authorities. Yeah. And she was a former police officer. Yeah. Regine Wright. Right. I mean, that's certainly not conclusive, but it is at the same time somewhat damning. I'm, it's, it's insane. If I was a this parent, is insane. I'd be pulling my hair out as a parent with a kid in some of these Central Virginia schools. This is insane. Insane. There was. I saw the email correspondence that was sent to the Burley parents. The Burley Middle School put that lower third on screen. I got a one thirty-five meeting, which is in eleven minutes. We got a lot to cover in eleven minutes. This is insane. An email was sent to the Burley Middle School parents saying, we know something happened. We're going to give you very little information about it. We're going to investigate it ourselves, and we're not going to let you know what happened. What the F? There's videos on social media. You're talking a teacher injuring a kid through self-defense is what we're hearing. I mean, the fact that a teacher has to defend themselves against a kid is insane. Is, the, is a sign of the culture. Sadly. Colleen Wise Owens, teachers must be safe to do their jobs. Students must be safe to learn. If this necessitates SROs, then so be it. I yeah. attended Burley in the seventh grade. This breaks my heart. Amen. I, I, I don't, I cannot at this point see an argument against the SROs. Yeah. What is the argument? I mean... Deep Throat, number one in the family, shares a link that the Fairfax superintendent was fired after an investigation into sexual assault against students. I'll share that link that Deep Throat just shared in the comments section of my personal Facebook page. Okay, I'm getting a message from my 135 here. I'll text my 135 to see if we can go to 145. He's watching the show. Texting you right now. I saw your comment. I shared it in the comment section of my personal page. I'll share it in the comment section of I Love Seville Facebook. I'll put it in the Twitter thread of this show right now. This is a link that Deep Throat shared. Deep Throat's link on Fairfax Superintendent. Just shared it there. And I'll put it in the comment section of LinkedIn. And on the I Love Seville Food Facebook page. On the I Love Seville Group Facebook page. Read the link. Thank you, Deep Throat. That's why he's number one. 135 just got moved to 145. Our 135 is watching the show right now, and he says, this is interesting. 145 is totally cool. Thank you. 
Waiting lists at the private schools are full. And not everyone can afford them. The schools, as Carly Wagner highlighted on yesterday's show, are actively pursuing special use permits to expand enrollment. Special use permits needed to expand the size of the school so more kids can be accommodated. We're hearing from folks, Chad Wood's watching the program. Chad Wood, you're in the ranking. I'm going to put you in the 14th slot, Chad Wood. Top 14 in the family, 14 coming in, Chad Wood. We're hearing the homeschooling is absolutely exploded. I mean, I'll take it a step further. What if the school board knew about this and alleged sexual assault in April of this year, the Charlottesville City School Board? They, what if they were made aware of an alleged sexual assault? And the school board, the folks that are elected to guide the superintendent, what if they knew and offered guidance not to alert the proper authorities, the police and the Commonwealth's attorney? That would be extremely damning. <clears throat> what kind of behavior is this? What do you describe this as? Viewers and listeners, what kind of management style of behavior do you call this in a few words? I mean, ultimately, I would, I would say it goes back to the arrogance of we know better. What's the word? Ginny Hu says, I agree with the metronome. Hiding info from the parents is completely unacceptable. I mean, this is, this is the type of, this is the type of, this is the type of stuff that you expect from like top level government and electeds. You never expect you're going to see this on Rose Hill Drive. But we're talking about something at Burley Middle on Rose Hill Drive. We're talking about something on Melbourne Road. 1400 Melbourne Road, to be exact, at a high school. Mm -hmm. Three days ago, a letter to the editor from a substitute teacher at Charlottesville High School. And the letter to the editor where she signed her name yeah. said, I went to the high school to substitute. I'm pursuing my PhD. I spent seven years as an actual teacher in the classroom. I took time off as a teacher because I want to get a PhD. I want to give back to the high school because they're struggling. So I signed up to substitute. I showed up to work. And no one was even there to meet me at the door to tell me what to do. I waited in the foyer for 15 or 20 minutes. 
No one came to greet me. Finally, I went looking to see what I was supposed to do. I went to the classroom after someone telling me, you're substituting for this person in this classroom. I showed up the classroom and the door was locked. And students were milling around outside. Students were hanging outside the classroom door. The door was locked. I didn't even have a key to unlock the classroom. Then I go to the front office. I get the key to unlock the classroom. I unlock the classroom. They forgot to tell me what the internet login and password was. Mm -hmm. They forgot to tell me where to go to the bathroom for me. Yeah. They forgot to tell me what the protocols were when students wanted to go to the bathroom. She had a identified a circumstance of a student wanting to go to the bathroom. She noticed the student had a cell phone in his hand. Well, there's a no cell phone policy in the school system. She, she said, if you're going to go to the bathroom, you have to leave your cell phone on the desk. The student then cussed her out to her face, sprinted outside the door down the hallway, and she didn't know how to handle it. We find out about that because she writes a letter to the editor in the Daily Progress. Randy O'Neill watching the program. Something else about compensation and two sides of the coin. Students wake up and go to work. Sun up, sun down, and don't feel rewarded. And he said 90% of school budgets are personnel. I didn't want to spend the entire talk show talking about this, but when dozens of parents reach out to you and say, please talk about this, you feel compelled to do it. And you especially feel compelled to do it when you were one of the first folks to make mention of the JV locker room situation. One of the first, the first folk to mention that. And that led to something talked about the gift cards with Nakia Walker and getting folks to speak before council. Mentioned that first. You understand the influence here. So we utilize it. Good night. I want to offer some perspective on a couple other things. Before I do, I want to get the metronome's thoughts on things. J-Dubs, Judah B. Wickhauer, J. Willie Style, Judah, J.W. You got some nicknames on the talk show, if you haven't noticed. Where would you like to go? Ibiza. Hmm? Um, we could talk about Santa. You want to dot the I's and cross the T's first? Mm, I think uh, I think we all need to keep a uh, we all need to keep an eye on the local schools and keep them um, keep them. What's the word I'm looking for? Honest. Yeah. Transparent. Accountable. Yeah, that's the word. Minding their P's and Q's. I think we need communicative. I think we need to keep them accountable, and I think we need to make sure that uh, I think we need to watch out for the 
people around us, uh, this teacher. Um, I think that we're in the coming days, we're going to hear a lot surrounding what happened. Um, and I just hope that uh, the teacher is treated fairly. And You're talking the Burley teacher. Yeah. If you're at all associated with Burley Middle School in any capacity, if you're not utilizing email, phone call, and in-person communication to demand what happened and get insight into what happened between teacher and student fighting that led to a student getting hurt and a teacher self-defending himself, then I, I, I just, that's what we would be doing. Carly Wagner watching the program. C-dubs, Carly Wagner is number three in the top. We now have 20. Number three in the top 20 is watching the program, Carly Wagner. My sister is on a school board in Virginia, she says. She started showing teachers had to file grievances against the school board, and the superintendent was furious with her. Middle school students were habitually sexually assaulting the teacher, and the principal refused to remove the students from her class. Wow. Another, another case she told me about was a 12-year-old middle school girl horribly assaulted by several middle school boys, and no punishments were given to the boys. The girl's parents had to keep her home. Another boy had his jaw broken by another boy, split in half with multiple surgeries needed. School called the victim's mom to come pick him up and never called 911. It wasn't until the mom got to the school that she herself had to call 911. Uh, somebody, somebody would have gotten murdered that day. Seriously. That's terrible. That's from top three. Number three in the ranking, C-dubs, Carly Wagner. Philip Dow says accountability of the word. Philip Dow checks in at number 19 in the polls. Philip Dow of Scottsville. We'll start showing graphics on screens of the top 25. Judah's like, how the hell are we going to keep this in order? We will keep it in order. We try new things, see if they stick to the wall like spaghetti, and we move ahead with them. That's how the program evolves and innovates. We'll finish the show with something light. You get the Xmas, the Christmas lights, ready to rock and roll. I want to highlight two things before we get to that point. The hardware store building on the downtown mall is for sale. It's been for sale for a while. The hardware store has an asking price of $6,500,000. $6,500,000. 27,800-square-foot building on the downtown mall. You can go to our names on the lower thirds here. 27,800-square-foot building on the downtown mall, asking price of $6,500,000 with a cap rate that's not too shabby of 7.12%. A building like this would never have lasted on the MLS. It would never have even been listed. It would have been traded off market and have never made it to the public conversation. There's multiple buildings on the downtown mall currently for sale. Judah Wickhauer, Christmas lights. 
multiple. The story is on ilovesieville.com. You can Google I love Seville. You can type in your browser ilovesieville.com forward slash Christmas trees or ilovesieville.com forward slash Christmas lights. And what's the other one we're working on? ilovesieville.com forward slash photos with Santa. Do that for the URL if you could, please. All right. Photos with Santa. <clears throat> Judah Wickhauer is doing a bang up job. He's got eight spots for Christmas lights around Charlottesville, Central Virginia, and Richmond. If you want eight suggestions to see Christmas lights in the Charlottesville area, the Central Virginia, and the Richmond area, the URL is ilovesieville.com forward slash Christmas lights. If you want suggestions on where you can cut down your Christmas trees, ilovesieville.com forward slash Christmas trees, where Judah Wickhauer's come up with 11. He caveated it yesterday. You better cut down the Christmas trees now because the farms are getting a bit bare. Um, yeah. I'd say half the ones that I checked out have already posted on Facebook, hey, we're closed for the season. So... Do it immediately. Some of them are just straight up didn't even open. They're like, hey, we need more time to grow the next crop. Others said there's nothing left to cut down, but we still are selling. Uh, we're still selling the little trees ones that we've got. Uh, no, we're still t- selling trees that are pre-cut. My wife um, and I and our others, family and our in-laws went to Foxfire Christmas Tree Farm. We got a beautiful 10-foot tree, extremely full in the front. It's a... Uh, What's it called? The type of tree that she likes? Um, what's the type of tree? Christmas tree? Yeah, it's got a name. Uh, uh, Douglas fir? She loves the Douglas fir. I got it right. It's a Douglas fir. You know what the only problem with our Douglas fir? This beautiful, basically 10-foot Christmas tree, Douglas fir, completely full in the front. Came with a squirrel? <laughs> a lot of sap. A lot of sap. What's the Clark Griswold line? You know what the problem with our Christmas tree is? It has no back. It's like someone took a chainsaw and cut the tree literally in half. The front is super full. There is no back. We initially were uncertain about getting it until my mother-in-law, a wonderful lady, said, you know, we can position this tree very nicely against the wall and no one will even notice that there's no back to the tree. It's probably even better. It's so much better because it takes less space. Yeah. It's literally a Christmas tree like this, if you can envision a triangle, with half the triangle cut down and removed. And we have it completely rested against the wall. So when you're in the kitchen, you can actually see the TV. Previously, the Douglas fir would have blocked the entire television. Somehow, we found a half Christmas tree and made it work. Because as Clark Griswold said, we're going to have the hap hap happiest Christmas. Can you get the URL up so people can see it? ilovesieville.com forward slash photos with Santa. Well, it's not up yet. I don't know if it'll be up today. Okay. We'll have it up by close of business today. In fact, no, maybe. We've got to get it up by close of business. I've got another show after this one. Come on now. You can do it. Uh, No. I have confidence in you. I have a lot of confidence in you. I don't care if you have confidence in me. I have confidence in you, Metronome. (laughs) Viewers and listeners are counting on you. Offer some closing thoughts here. Uh, Anywhere you want to go. I know that's not your preferred way of me throwing stuff to you. He likes, he's indicated in the past, he likes me to pass the baton to him with a clear question or talking point to highlight. He does not like when I say, anywhere you want to go. 
I understand that. We are in the holiday season. Be good to each other. Uh, remember the golden rule. Uh, remember to treat others, not even how you'd like them to treat you, but better than you'd like them to treat you. Because tis the season of giving. And I think too often we that gets lost in tis the season of buying and presents and and things uh and let's let's make it about the people great way to close nicely done nicely done j-dubs i'll close with this Don't be afraid to speak up when you see something that's not right, even if it goes potentially against popular opinion in that moment. Speak up. Even if it goes against what you think is popular opinion in the moment. When you speak up and you stand up for what you believe in, you might save someone from getting hurt or assaulted or worse. And demanding accountability when it comes to schools and communication is the basics of education. There was a time when people called out Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare. I don't think it's going to be a... When people called out Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare, those folks were persecuted. They were villainized. Blacklisted. Blacklisted. But then with the benefit of history and time, those folks are seen as heroes. Heroes for calling out Joseph McCarthy. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you think is right. It might be some pain in the present, but in the near term, your intentions will be seen as authentic and genuine and pushing the community in a right direction. That's today's talk show. Judah Wickhauer, Jerry Miller, the I Love Seville show, where we are unafraid. Thank you for joining us.